0: Welcome to the Senior Dog Revolution, where we discuss how to give our senior dogs the best life they deserve, where age is just a number, and health and happiness of our senior pets is a priority. Hello, Senior Dog Pet Parents. Welcome to the Senior Dog Revolution podcast. I'm your host, veterinarian Dr. Monica Tarantino, and I'm so excited to be talking with you today. Today is a very special episode because we're going to talk about a really cool topic, and we also have a really cool guest, and I'm so excited. We'll be joined by Dr. Julie Reck, who is a veterinarian and practice owner of the practice that I actually work at here in Fort Mill, South Carolina. So it's called Veterinary Medical Center of Fort Mill, and she started this about eight years ago. She's a fantastic veterinarian, has been practicing vet medicine for nearly 15 years, and one of the things that she's really passionate about is mobility in our pets and the ability for our canines to get around when they're young and when they're old. This interest led her to explore a new therapy that we're really still in the process of learning a lot about, which is stem cell therapy or regenerative medicine in canines. But there's a lot of promise with this therapy. We can't wait to dive into that because she's been practicing stem cell therapy for about a year now at our hospital here in Fort Mill and we've seen some really great results with our patients. So both Dr. Reck and I are firm believers in the notion that mobility in our older animals is such an important part of quality of life to them. So before we jump right into the stem cell therapy, Dr. Julia Reck and I want to talk a little bit about the principles of mobility in dogs. So without further delay, I want to welcome our guest, Dr. Julia Reck. Welcome, Julie. Thank you so much for being here.
1: It's so wonderful to be here, and I'm thrilled to be talking about literally one of my most favorite topics in veterinary medicine.
0: <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> so um, so before we launch right into this, I wanted to know if you could tell me a little bit about how you became so interested in mobility for our pets.
1: Sure, sure. There's probably a couple layers to that answer, but just like so many of our pet parents in the audience, I had my own dog that was becoming a senior individual and was just watching him go through the aging process and really wanting to make sure that his ability to comfortably get around and still um, enjoy some of the play activity that he loved as a younger dog, I wanted to make sure that he would have that The longer I practice also, the longer I had the ability to see my own patients go from puppyhood into middle age and now into kind of the senior age. And I was noticing that, you know, we were able to keep these pets so healthy internally. And when I say internally, I'm talking about their organ functions, their heart functions, making sure that we're preventing common diseases like heartworm prevention and all the things we vaccinate for. So we've come so far in veterinary medicine with that, that oftentimes I was having quality of life discussions with pet parents where this dog was the picture of health, perfect blood work, perfect internal function, but we have severe quality of life concerns basically because of the pet skeleton and mm-hmm. their the pain and lack of function that they were experiencing from that. So that was a big driver for me in, you know, I think that there's probably more that we can do both preventatively as well as therapeutically once those symptoms are present.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and kind of like you were discussing, once you've gone through this with your own pet, you've watched just their their bodies start to fail, essentially like their orthopedic skeleton essentially start to kind of cause them issues, it really hits home. Like it's it's really hard. And I'm struggling with that right now with mm-hmm. Becca, as you know, my, my geriatric lab mix. And it certainly is a huge factor for their quality of life and um, something that's really important for them.
1: It, it definitely is. Um, but it's exciting because, you know, we are starting to understand the whole process and onset of arthritis and degenerative joint disease and um, are actually coming out with some therapies that can really turn... That yeah. Process around. yeah,
0: I mean, there's some really exciting stuff coming out, just like stem cell therapy, which yep. we, like, We're we cannot wait to talk about yes. with you guys, by the way. <laughs> We're so excited. But <laughs> before we launch into that, um, we wanted to, both Dr. Reck and I wanted to talk to you guys about a really, a couple of really key points when it comes to mobility in our dogs. And it's very important to have this understanding before we launch into the stem cell therapy. But it's important as a pet parent to know Why mobility is so important, so important to their quality of life and a couple other principles that we've outlined for you guys for this episode. So. Dr. is going to start talking about our first point that we want to make about, about mobility, which is why mobility matters so much to our dogs.
1: Yeah. One thing that was really impactful for me was sitting through an educational seminar. This is for veterinarians at a very high level um, at one of you know, the most prestigious veterinary conferences um, and one of the experts in the field on, on pain control and, and mobility care. And he started his lecture with just a few pictures and that the, these were pictures of people, pictures of people. Um, one wasn't a very geriatric woman who is in a low car and she is needing help to get out of this car. Another is a picture of a person in a wheelchair going up, up a wheelchair ramp just to get into their front door. And, um, you know, you're looking at these pictures of people and you're saying, OK, um, you know, The lecturer asks, are these people, do these people have a handicap? And you're like, yeah, they do. They are going to need assistance for just the daily normal activities that require mobility. And then, he flips over to some pictures where we have a dog who's needing to get assistance to get into the same height car, which is only a foot and a half off the ground. And also the same dog that's needing help and assistance to just get up three or four stairs into the house. And how we've kind of failed to recognize and, and you know, at points in my career, I, I kind of failed to recognize that Wow, this pet is actually experiencing a disability. They're not able to live life to its fullest potential. And a lot of times, if I, you know, were to say in a examination, and I'm just talking to the pet parent, hey, you know, how's it going? Is he getting around okay? Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, we have to, of course, help him get into the car. And, you know, I live in an apartment complex, got to help him get up the stairs, but he's doing fine otherwise. And, you know, I needed a wake up call to realize no, that's not fine. Right. That pet is actually experiencing a disability and we need to take that seriously and see what we can do to um, somewhat reverse some of those uh, signs and symptoms. Absolutely. And we see this every
0: day at the clinic here in Fort Mill. So every day we see pets that come in with some sort of disability, a really slow walk Our, our geriatrics with a very slow walk, difficulty getting in and out of the car, diff- mom and dad having difficulty getting them in and out of the car, too. And that mobility definitely affects their ability to enjoy their life. But it's also a sign of chronic pain for these guys, too. And you guys know how much how much I love to talk about chronic pain in pets, but um, certainly these, these mobility issues are a sign of that and very important for them. So, and to be honest, kind of like Dr. Rex said, A lot of pet parents don't recognize that because they make this assumption that this just kind of comes with old age. And one of the things that I think we feel really passionate about is, okay, this isn't something that we just let be. Like, this is a problem. We want to, there are things that we can do to try to help them. And that's really important.
1: Absolutely. And it's a snowball effect, right? So it's just a a little bit of struggle getting in and out of the car. And then, you know, if we don't take action now and try to preserve and protect mobility, then, you know, in 18 months, it might be we can't get up at all when they're you know just laying on the floor. They're going to need assistance to get up, and exactly. the bigger the dog, the, the more of an issue logistically this becomes.
0: Absolutely. Okay. okay, and so that brings us to point number two that we want to make about mobility, which is that taking care of your pet's mobility starts now. Um, so I think we already painted the picture clearly, of why mobility truly matters in our dogs. But one of the things that we want to talk about is that the – Forces on their joints and the changes within their joints starts from the moment they're born, okay? And that's a really weird way to think about arthritis or joint disease, but it truly starts with the moment that they're born. And I was talking to Dr. Reck before the podcast about this summer, we were working really closely together during COVID when we were seeing tons and tons of patients, and we had a golden retriever puppy come in that was between six to seven months of age. And this dog was limping a little bit on one of her front legs. And we took some x-rays and we saw that this dog had signs of arthritis already at six months of age. That just blows your mind. And I know it was very shocking for the pet parents to, to hear that. But truly, with some of our pets, arthritis starts very early.
1: It really can. And the fascinating thing is that there are really three ways that a joint will end up developing arthritis. If you're familiar with how it will typically and most commonly develop in people, it's a situation of long-term chronic use. So when you're a senior yourself, whether it's your 60s, 70s, 80s, you may find that you are now in need of a joint to be replaced. You know, the cartilage has totally worn off of your knee and now you've got painful bone-on-bone rubbing and are going to be in need of a joint replacement. But that knee served you very, very well throughout your adolescence, your adulthood, your even your senior years. And yeah. You know, now it's just a problem in your geriatric years. Okay. We also have the ability to get arthritis as a result of a traumatic injury. If you're a person and you were in a car accident and a joint was damaged or a leg was broken, you can experience arthritis development more rapidly because of that injury. The third way that arthritis will develop is that the joint was not in an ideal shape or conformation right from birth. And surprisingly, this is actually the most common reason we see arthritis develop in veterinary medicine. You know, we all love dogs. We love that there's such a variety of dog breeds. But a lot of what has happened to create those different shapes and sizes is that we are seeing that not all joints are formed well. So in going back to your example of this young golden retriever, the reason that she has arthritis at such an early age is because that elbow joint was not in its ideal shape. So right Right away, we have excess wear and tear happening on that joint, which is causing arthritis to happen more rapidly. And back to your point of why we need to start mobility care now. um, So many of our pets are going to have even minor changes in their conformation that will predispose them to arthritis. And if we can take action to preserve and protect that joint, you know, there's really Two main aspects, well, there's three. There's the conformation of the joint or the shape. You know, if we're taking the simple hip joint, that's a ball and socket joint. We want the ball or the head of the thigh bone to be a nice, perfect circle. We want the socket or the the, um, socket of the hip to be a perfectly shaped um, circular socket so that that thigh bone can sit in. If either one of them is lumpy or yeah. not a perfect circle shape, then we will see that um, happen. So, we have of course the shape of the joint. We also have the cartilage surface on all of the ends of the bone of the joint. And then we have the joint fluid. So. Yeah. We might be stuck with the shape of the joint that our dog was born with. But if we can do things that increase the health of the cartilage, and do things that also increase the health of that joint fluid. We will make huge, huge impacts in how that pet can function now and through the rest of its life. Absolutely. And and I
0: love that example. And one of the really cool examples. So Dr. Ruck actually does a um, mobility class here occasionally for our clients that come to Veterinary Medical Center of Fort Mill. And when she's giving this lecture to our our clients, um, she has this picture of this black Labrador who is I think three years old in the video. And this black lab goes on hikes with its parents. It goes on long walks with its parents. It looks normal on the outside to anybody. But if you take a closer look at it when it's going upstairs or when it's walking around, you might notice it does a bunny hop every now and then. You might notice that it kind of swags its hips back and forth um, a little bit when it walks. And these look normal. It It looks like this dog's normal walk. However, even though this dog looks relatively normal, a veterinarian could see it and be like, hey, I think that there may be some confirmation issue like you were talking about exactly. in the back that's happening. So even if you think that your pet looks normal when it's walking, it does not mean that it's not going to have um, mobility issues or that it doesn't have a confirmation problem with somewhere in its joints.
1: Yeah, and you're bringing up a great point. And what you're actually describing is – a gate analysis on that pet. Um, and that is something that's really beneficial for a veterinarian to do for your pet. And that can be done through just looking at a video, sometimes that's actually helpful so we can see it in other scenarios other than just in the vet clinic without some of the nerves or anxiety that a pet would experience there. Um, But you were just describing, you know, one of the videos where there is a noticeable side-to-side movement. And we see this all the time in pets. I'm sure a lot of people in our audience have as well. It's kind of a supermodel walk, right? (laughs) You know, and and it's kind of cute. You know, you almost makes you kind of smile a little look at her with a swagger. (laughs) But when we actually break down what's happening is what that pet is doing um, Um, that nine times out of 10 will indicate that we're, that pet is experiencing hip pain. And instead of flexing the hip joint, pulling that leg up and forward to basically locomotive their body forward, go in a forward direction. What they're doing is they're using their side abdominal muscles to basically jerk the leg forward without bending it. And, you know, I find that when pet parents start to understand that a little bit, it's like, oh, I get it. I uh, see where we need to focus on this and try to, you know, in some situations, maybe if we can just, you know, she's comfortable and and happy. Maybe the goal is to keep her at that level and not have this exacerbate to full on limping. Right. But you're bringing up an important point, which is that things are going wrong, even when the pet is not limping. Exactly. And the third point that we really want to mention is the significance in the majority of our dogs are going to experience joint pain at some point in their life. The number is really staggering. It's 80%. Clinically, I would even be inclined to think it's more than that. I don't know if you agree, agree, Dr. Tarantino, but, um, it is, it's not almost a situation of not, if it's going to happen to your dog, it's when, and that's a little bit frightening for everybody I know. um, One of the helpful ways to think about joint degeneration or arthritis in our pets is to use the analogy of a fire. And fire can be blazing, you know, really high flames, but fire can also be smoldering. And when we think about a disease like arthritis and we break down the word itself, it ends in itis. So, a disease that has a name like that is a disorder of inflammation. So, we have inflammation in the joint. And I think it's really important for pet parents to understand that it is the inflammation that is going to be the major driver of the damage and degradation to the joint. So, you know, a pet is born, if they don't have great conformation in the joint they're still not going to be experiencing a lot of pain. That conformation leads to kind of abnormal forces on the joint. That abnormal forces will start to wear down the cartilage. The worn down cartilage sends inflammatory signals. It gets panicky. That inflammation gets sent in through the bloodstream. Now we have increased the damage to the cartilage because that inflammation will kind of start to eat it away as well as damage the joint fluid. And the joint fluid is very similar to like brake fluid in your car. It is the shock absorber um, and it is very important that we keep it bouncy. It's, It's always really fascinating when I do a joint tap or do an injection into a joint when you actually see joint fluid, it's um, it's super thick. Yeah, it's almost and ropey. Um, it's it's thicker than honey, which is hard to imagine. Yeah, that, but that's what healthy joint fluid looks like uh, because it's it's the ultimate shock absorber. Yeah, I love that. Um, and then the last point we wanted
0: to talk to you guys was about was just that our dogs are living longer than ever now, and a, a lot of those, a lot of that's attributed to the diets that we have had them on recently, um, the care that they're getting, the veterinary care that they're getting, and so we really need to start thinking about this. Um, we have a lot of traditional ways that we can help our dogs and their joints, and those are things that both Dr. Reck and I. Always explore and pursue with our dogs, even before we get to stem cell therapy, which we'll talk about in a second. These things can include things like supplements, diets, doggy specific anti-inflammatories that your veterinarian has recommended and pain medication. But now with medicine more than ever, we have dogs that their bodies wear out way before their minds do. And some of them don't even have cancer. They literally just have joint disease. And so this is one of the saddest things that I think we see in vet medicine. The very last caveat we want to tell you guys about too is that not every mobility issue is arthritis. Right, So there are a lot of other things that can cause mobility issues. Um, they can have degenerative myelopathies, which mm-hmm. is like a neuro- neurologic diseases that can contribute to it. Um, they can have things in their back, um, like intervertebral disc disease, which can also cause a sequela-, sequela of some arthritis in their bones, too. But it's more um, related to the disc. So they can have other types of diseases that are not just arthritis uh, as well that contribute to it, which is why it's really important to work with your veterinarian as soon as, even before you notice mobility issues and talk to them about, about if there are things that you should be doing.
1: Definitely. And I think that being open to the advice that your veterinarian is able to give you is huge. Um, I always love it when I've got a pet parent and they are just engaged in the conversation. Yeah. You know, it's it's really a two-way street. Um, and being engaged in the conversation doesn't mean that we're going to do every single thing that's kind of thrown out on the table as an option. Um, But, you know, I, I love it when a pet parent is like, you know, just tell me everything, let me process it. And um, knowing all of those options before we need it is sometimes really beneficial. Absolutely. Wonderful. Okay. So that is the, that is our first episode
0: on mobility and our lead up to the stem cell therapy episode. Thank you guys so much for being here. And we hope you guys are having a wonderful day. All content on Senior Dog Revolution is for informational purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for any type of professional veterinary advice for your pet. Your dependence on the content of any information found on Senior Dog Revolution is at your own risk, as nothing discussed or mentioned here can replicate a true doctor-patient relationship between yourself and a veterinarian. As always, for veterinary care and advice for your pet, please see your veterinarian.